You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 282 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, February 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com. And RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. But you can find links to every single episode. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network as well. There's 30 team-focused shows for you to check out. Uh, Locked On Bucks. If you want to preview or get a preview of tonight's game with Eric Name and Frank Madden, is always really good. Uh, the Locked On NBA Show has a daily format now with different hosts from across the network hosting different days. Uh, for Friday's show, it's Anthony, Erd- Anthony Irwin blah, Anthony Irwin and Adam Marez are hosting uh, every Friday, so if you want to check out today, they talked about the best young cores in the NBA. Uh, very good stuff if you want to get acquainted with all the teams around the league with a local perspective. And uh, if you find a show that you like, make sure you find it on iTunes, leave a rating or review, and you can do that with us. Find Locked on Raptors on iTunes, ratings, reviews, five stars, please do that. Uh, makes us more popular, makes us more visible, and strokes my ego. So please do that, and uh, thank you in advance for for leaving a nice couple of words. It doesn't have to be long, just uh, I ask that you put a couple words down. All right, on today's show, I'm joined by a uh, friend of the podcast who's never actually been on the podcast, but we've interacted enough on Twitter for you to have friend of the podcast uh, status. It's Jordan Tresky from Behind the Bucks Pass. How's it going? Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to have you on the show. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, the Raptors play the Bucks tonight, of course. Their third matchup in like a month. Or I guess like two months. I guess they played early January. I've lost track of time because the All-Star break was very long. Um, but yeah, the Raptors won two games against the Bucks last month, if I'm not mistaken. And they played their last game against them this season. Hopefully for the rest of the season, although the playoffs loom and, uh, you know... <laughs> That, that'll be terrifying if it comes across again, but we'll see. Um, but Jordan, I want to have you on just to sort of check in on where the Bucks are at. The Bucks are a very interesting team right now. They uh, fired Jason Kidd midseason, probably the right decision uh, based on how the team was performing and how you know angsty Bucks Twitter was. Because good lord, man, I like had like residual follows from last year's playoffs at everyone just every single night was just angry about Jason Kidd all the time. Um, so I guess just like the first thing I'll start you with is how have you, has your mood changed since Jason Kidd got fired? Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a huge relief. <laughs> uh, it was it was downright soul sucking at you know in the last I don't know two months um, alone. Obviously, there's a huge long list of of grievances that every Bucks fan has about Jason Kidd at this point. <laughs> um, it, I'm sure it will grow in time. Um, but uh, yeah, the last month since Joe Prunty has taken over has been kind of obviously a relief and just kind of course correcting where, you know, they don't have these games where they, like earlier in the season, they got blown up by the Mavericks. They lost to the Bulls twice during the Bulls crazy, like crazy stretch of winning games when they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And just, it was just so, you never really knew what to expect with a team like the Bucks, which is just kind of crazy to say when you know you have one of the best players in the league and a, a fine supporting cast and you make a big trade getting Eric Bledsoe too which was made to boost uh you know your competitive competitiveness and that wasn't happening mm-hmm. so um yeah it was definitely as far as kick goes I mean it was so past due to you know firing him and from what we've heard since then it made I mean they were mulling this over last year and even during the off season, which you know, they had a crazy GM search that I'm sure was probably entangled with what they wanted to do, too. So it's been kind of just a huge 
sigh of relief over this last month. Uh, no matter even if they're just you know haven't gotten a bunch of wins against you know playoff caliber competition. Yeah, I'm looking at the recent schedule right now, and it's not like it's amazing. It's not like they've been playing the toughest competition. You got the the Suns in there, the Nets, the Bulls, the the Sixers once, which was a nice win, I suppose, considering how the Sixers have been playing of late. I uh, get the next Nets in there another time, the Knicks a couple times. Like not the greatest gauntlet of teams, but uh, it's about to get a little tougher. So maybe this is kind of where we'll actually see the the sort of changes that Joe Prunty's kind of instituted. But what has changed the most about the Bucks, like on the court? since the firing. I'm guessing it has something to do with the defense, which used to be just so inexplicably aggressive and very easy to pick apart once you kind of once it was figured out. Um, like I, I'm guessing that's part of it, but what else has changed in terms of how the, the Bucks are playing on the court with Prunty instead of Kidd? Yeah, the de- defense has definitely changed. I mean, they've been more lax on, you know, just not trapping everybody to oblivion, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the biggest change. Obviously, the other big change is the return of Jabari Parker. Right. Um, he's looked very again, having been through this before, since you know this is the second time returning from a you know ACL injury. It's more about what his progress is, like confidence wise, not necessarily about like comparing what he did before uh, he went down and how he looks on the court and all that stuff. So that has been a, a, a slow buildup as we, you know, kind of hit the stretch around the season and stuff like that. So having him back has been obviously a big kind of, you know, addition um, on itself just because, you know, they didn't really, they made a Tyler Zeller trade, which, you know, that's a very, <laughs> it's low <laughs> on the pecking order of what, of what they really needed, but having Jabari back and see him back on the court healthy is obviously uh, making fans, you know, so, you know, celebrating on that alone. Um, but other than that, I, I would say it's I, – I don't think there's anything too drastic. And maybe that's because, as you said before, you know, you're going against lesser competition. You're going against, you know, lottery-bound bound teams except for, you know, like a Sixers or uh, the Knicks before uh, for Staps Perzingas with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, nothing too drastic yet, but I think with – upcoming gauntlet of teams that they're going to face and this will be a really good stretch to really see where they stack up against teams that they're going to you know they could potentially face and uh come april or mid-april and you know when the playoffs roll around yeah the bucks are an interesting team in that i think they're so far away from actually us knowing anything about what they're going to look like kind of at their fully formed selves because like you talked about the jabari parker thing and they've never really played a game with their entire starting five intact and it's just kind of always been fluid and you know there were different centers there you know this season has been a lot of John Henson last year maybe Thon McCurr was kind of sneaking in there I mean the playoffs with Thon were uh, a terrifying experience for Raptors fans for those two <laughs> or three games where he looked unstoppable um, before I guess I was going to ask you about Thon and I just brought him up so I don't ask you now before we get into some of the bigger picture stuff what's going on with Thon McCurr this year why is he not uh, like is there an obvious reason why he seems to kind of have stagnated a little bit or has he stagnated maybe as much as it seems from the outside yeah it, it's kind of I mean it, it's a, a strange season because it's definitely inconsistent especially coming after the playoff series where you know obviously Giannis was the big takeaway of like seeing what he looks like now compared to what he was two years ago when they faced the Bulls and lost in that playoff series but Thaw was definitely like the for me at least sec, like the second biggest takeaway from that series where you know he's scaring Kyle Lowry you know driving to the rim and all that so everybody was really like really obviously jazz about where he could go 
uh, you know, from there in the sophomore season. And it, it's been, uh, for the most part, it's been a big disappointment, more, more so with when it was under kid because mm-hmm. he just looked lost and they were tinkering. He wasn't stretching out to the three-point line as much as he was before. He was kind of setting up shop or at, like, the elbows, which, you know, of course, <laughs> with Jason Kim. But um, he's looked definitely better under Prunty, but the same kind of knocks against him really, really remain. He can't really go against, like, really stout big men. So, like, a guy like Valanciunas, like, tonight, like, <laughs> that, I, I'm not really uh, – I'm not too uh, too excited to see that. But, like, <laughs> it's still, like, can he regain that kind of defensive presence that he was doing where he can keep, you know, going against guards or kind of hold his own, whether it's down, like, protecting the rim or defending in space, all that stuff. It's 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 kind of I, I don't know it's it's a strange. Hopefully this is kind of momentum building to where we'll see something like that again in the playoffs. But who knows? Considering how the season's gone so far, he's also twenty years old. So I'm sure yeah we're probably getting a little too ahead of ourselves. Like those three games in the playoffs last year, man. Like I he very much like you said he's the second biggest takeaway. Like I totally agree. Those first three games, it felt like Thon McCurr was going to be the reason the Raptors like started to rebuild. It really did and it was terrifying. <laughs> um so but I'm glad I hope he turns it around. He's of course played uh in near Toronto for his high school ball. So I, I've always kind of yeah. had a little affinity for him. So I hope he kind of turns things around uh, and continues his development. And again, he's 20 years old, so I'm sure he will kind of take steps as he goes here. Maybe Joe Prunty will help that. Um, back to the sort of point I was making about the, the Bucks being a very strange team. I'm looking at their lineup data right now. Their top seven lineups are all, like in terms of minutes played, are all excellent. They all are blowing other teams away. Small samples on a lot of those, but I mean, their most used lineup with Giannis, Bledsoe, Henson, Middleton, Snell is a plus 15 net rating over 379 minutes. Like, that's really excellent. Uh, yeah. You know, they have other highly used lineups that are plus 10s, plus 13s going on down. Um, yet, this is, feels like a team that's kind of maybe underachieved a little bit, and their net rating is kind of middling. It's a plus 1.3, which, you know, you're above zero, so that's good. But considering how good their most used lineups have been, that's a little bit misleading, I think. So what's what's the best Bucks lineup, and what do you expect them to sort of go with as like a shortened rotation when it gets important? Because... This is a strange team in that I feel like there's kind of a lot of dead weight in terms of money and in terms of just guys who, you know, they're they're nice, but they're kind of one-dimensional, like Toledovich or even like John Henson, and I'm not sure how it all fits together. So, like, what do you think is going to be sort of the the go-to, like, seven or eight guys in, like, the go-to crunch time lineup for this Bucks team, you know, in, in important games like tonight against the Raptors if it's close or come playoff time? That's a really interesting question because, you know, obviously they have – they I would say compared to other, you know, Bucks team in the past, they have a lot more versatility than they have in some time, and obviously, you're that all builds around what you want to do with Giannis. But he can because he can play at the four. He can obviously he's kind of like this point forward mm-hmm. um, kind of player, but you can also play him at the five, and that's that has always been the most interesting thing to me, where you can have him kind of uh, not to you know go death lineup or anything like that, but their own version of a death lineup where he you know, finishes games at the five and you can have like a, a you know, a lineup of Bledsoe, Snell, Brogdon when he gets back, um, uh, Middleton at the four, not, maybe not at that in that order, but something along those lines. Obviously they won't have that concerning Brogdon is, you know, not healthy right now. And Tony Sell has kind of had a weird he's I would kind of follow put him in that kind of one dimensional class of players like Mirza and Henson where 
he has he can you know knock down the three ball, but his his since before K got fired, he was getting kind of tweaked in and out in the lineup, and he was carrying a little injury. Uh, I think he missed. I'm trying to remember how many games he missed, but it was a you know stretch of games, and that is kind of sat or kind of grew into this really you know dry spell for him as of late before going into the ulcer break. So it's kind of this strange. And as you said about the money, like the, about these kind of Delhi and Mirza and Henson before the season, he was definitely kind of everybody a big source of frustration among amongst Bucks, Bucks fans. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I, I think obviously you want to see a lineup of, uh, you know, Giannis, Jabari, Milton, Snell or Brogdon, pick whatever one you choose. And then Bledsoe, it's kind of like come playoff time. Like this is the lineup that they, that, you know, the front office, the coaches have all this stuff that, that you want to see considering how big of a summer that they're about to go into. But it, it'll obviously depends on how you try to, put all those pieces together and how Jabari's health and confidence is going into playoff time considering he's never played in the playoffs at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that Those are obviously big questions that they still have to ask and, you know, the team keeps changing hands of these little pieces that keep, keep coming and going whether it's due to health or other stuff. Like, it's just such a... It, it, it t- totally fits that description of how, like, just strange this Bucks team is even as they're trying to kind of figure everything out. Are you worried about sort of the, the how long the process of taking, uh, like it is to take to sort of figure out how to build a team around Giannis? Like, obviously there's still so many years before he hits free agency, so it's kind of off in the future. But with these stars, that kind of reckoning always seems to come up a little faster than maybe we anticipate. I mean, it's already starting with Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard and guys like that. Um, like, are you concerned with sort of the, the timeline here and how maybe some of the, this extra money on the, on the books is kind of keeping that from you know, really sort of keeping them from sort of making the the, the fullest, most uh, maximized roster on Giannis that they possibly can? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, if you're, I mean, Bucks fans are always worried about something. Uh, before <laughs> it was kid, and now, now Giannis is, you know, maximizing this window that he's clearly, you know, open for the team. That is definitely the first thing on every Bucks fan's mind. And as you said, you already have your, their cap situation. They've done incremental moves to, you know, lessen their, uh, you know, going into the luxury tax, which, you know, they are a playoff team as of right now, but they're not, no, I don't think anybody would put them in as a contender by any means. Mm -hmm. And then you have Jabari's free agent, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. And that's, I mean, that's just a whole can of worms right there. And then Bledsoe is going to be a free agent next summer as long, along with Milton and Malcolm Brogdon, like, it's like hitting this, and then I'm not even including the coaching search this summer, which, you know, that's your, there's just so many huge decisions that could easily take them down so many different paths. There's just so many outcomes. Like, it's just so, like, I, even talking about it right now, like, I can't even wrap my mind or, like, wrap my mind around how this can go terribly great or terribly wrong in so many ways. So, I think, yeah, I mean, You'd be kind of naive or foolish to think that this is coming to a, a head where things can just unravel or kind of course correct as they you know have have in the season alone. Very anxious to see if the Greek contingent in Toronto is going to be back out tonight in full force. Uh, you know, chanting on Giannis's name after the game. We'll uh, keep an eye on that for sure. Do the recruiting job for for Masai Ujiri without tampering <laughs> charges or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> 
I joke, sort of. Um, <laughs> in terms of like Giannis's season this year, I mean, Raptors fans, maybe if they haven't watched the Bucks much this season outside of the games they played, they definitely remember him from the playoffs last year and how terrifying he was. How has he changed as a player this season? Has he kind of make, made the improvements that maybe have been sort of talked about? It feels like you know his three-point shooting is still not there, right? But everything else seems to be uh, kind of improved. His efficiency is up and things like that. He's just becoming that much more prolific. But again, the Bucks are thirty-two and twenty-six, and maybe that's a lot on kid. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you sort of factor in and weigh all the different factors here. But like, has Giannis been as good as maybe the sort of national narrative would suggest? And like, how has he improved from say that playoff series last year? Uh, yeah, he definitely has been. And even last year, I mean, that was such a. Even though they're only like forty-two and forty, um, and there was you know. There were so many other like factors for why that season was kind of middling, but it was still. Giannis is obviously again the big takeaway for that season where he just puts on these incredible performances. Averages was the first like Bucks player to average over twenty points per game since like Michael Red ten years ago, which I mean <laughs> that in itself is like strangely depressing. I'm and, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been a it's been a it's been a journey following the Bucks for a long time. But yeah, shouts to Charlie I mean, Bell and uh... oh my oh yeah, <laughs> Charlie Bell. I, I mean, I could go like for a long time just naming those the Bucks of those of that era of just like Roko Ukic. I think a former Raptor. If I hell yeah, that. former Raptor. There you go. Yeah, as uh, is uh, Charlie Villanueva among others. Oh my god, man, that's right. Jeez. Um, but yeah, he definitely has approved. Like as he's talking about his, you know, his shot is still not there, but you're seeing seeing incremental improvements where he can kind of knock down like turnaround jumpers in the post. He does. He's. I think it's more. It's not necessarily about like the numbers. It's more about his reliance on trying to launch away from deep because that has never been. It's been more of a confidence thing issue for him, for Yana since Kid came under uh, came to walking. There's. I mean, that's another whole ball of wax of, like, how they've kind of changed his jumper probably for the worst if you, mm-hmm. you know, see how it was during his rookie year compared to years after that. Um, but it's just been more of the same. He's just, you know, this all-encompassing force of just he could do pretty much everything but except, you know, three-point shoot consistently. Um, and, I mean, the Bucks have been – I think Zach Lowe wrote about it in his 10 things I like, don't like column today. I think the Bucks are 13 – points or minus 13 points for 100 possessions without Giannis on the floor and that I mean he's playing so many minutes like mm-hmm. to go to <laughs> basically sink that much in the few minutes that Giannis is not on the floor is pretty you know damning in itself so I mean it just all falls on Giannis and obviously there's been a lot of MVP talk about him and I don't think he'll you know I don't think he's going to touch Harden or I mean LeBron is still in that discussion even though the, you know the Cavs have been pretty crappy it stretches themselves but he's still in that he's definitely in that discussion just because of how important he is to making things work for the bucks when they you know on the nights that they do win yeah how's middleton kind of adapted to that sort of being the second guy role this year because he has been really good his three-point shooting is not quite where you want it to be but other than that like he's up to four assists a game it feels like he's had some really huge games from night to night uh, maybe not as consistent as you'd like, but like, how has he been as that second option this season? It's it's strange because a lot of, um, especially after last year, because he missed the first ugh, five months of the season where where he tore his hamstring. Yeah. 
um, right off the bone too. I mean, it was just like this fluky injury. He slipped out a wet spot during training camp, and you know, just like that, he was gone for five months. Um, but when he returned, he kind of really boosted the, the team, and they went on this great run. And that's basically what you know ended up launching them into the playoffs to meet the Raptors last year. But this year, he's kind of it's. It feels strange because he's having his best season in terms of, you know, he's scoring 20 points per game, which that he hasn't really hit that plateau before. Um, but his three-point shooting is down. He's just kind of, it's it's really strange because he's becoming this really, I feel at least, he's becoming like this really divisive figure among Bucks fans because you see how good he can be and you see, you want him to be used at the, as this kind of Clay Thompson mold of just having him be more of a three-point threat than he usually is. Mm-hmm. And he kind of really, he's a really good mid-range player. I mean, he's having one, like, last time I checked, he was hitting, like, 51% from, like, you know, 16 feet, but, you know, and beyond like that. But it's kind of a strange season because he's doing so well, but there's so many areas of his game where he's not this kind of, I wouldn't really classify him as a 3 and D player anymore. I would say he's kind of more of, like, this, the Joe Johnson type of really kind of, you want to see him put, you know, hold, 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 the team together for stretches and he can't do that on nights but when it's against like tougher teams he's not totally there which is kind of you know uh drawing the ire of bucks fans i would say fair enough yeah um yeah middleton's become a very funny uh raptors twitter meme this season because of the espn nba rank or whatever i feel like i feel like raptors fans have gotten a little too down on middleton like he's pretty good and uh yeah, I feel like the, he should be a sort of a little bit... It's gone almost too far the other way among Raptors fans as, as far as the, the Middleton slander. Uh, a couple more for you. So for tonight, the Raptors... I don't love previewing too much on these just because it becomes out of date so quickly, but uh, what are you looking for tonight from the Bucks against the Raptors? It's the third game they've played in the last two months or so. The Raptors won the first in a really fun overtime game at the ACC, and then they blew the Bucks out on the road. Uh, a week later, so what are you looking for tonight in the last matchup of the regular season between these two? I I, I think it, weirdly enough, I don't think it has to do with, obviously you want to see what they do with DeRosa because he's having a you know fabulous season, mm-hmm. um, but for me it's it's mostly about Valanciunas because he really tore apart the Bucks and just the third quarter alone in that last meeting, I think he had like all of his 20 points and 14 rebounds. Yeah, didn't um, he outscore and out-rebound the Bucks uh, in the third quarter entirely just by himself? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, like he he went on this crazy run where he's just basically sitting on the hoop and just like tapping it back and forth and hitting you know a couple jumpers um, you know around like the free throw line and stuff like that. But yeah, for me, he because he's just so he's a, he's kind of like this this underrated guy that can really pose problems for the Bucks because he is so big and he can he's really good with rebounding. He's really at least this season he's a really good finisher and stuff like that. So I think. You know, John Hanson is coming back from injury, and they have Tyler Zeller. How, how do they match up with with him? Because obviously, as I said before, I don't think Thon Maker is going to be that kind of uh, deterrent for Valanciunas in that way. Yeah, he kind of was in the playoffs last year because he was kind of stretching out a bit, and he was really giving Jonas trouble, and that kind of led to Jonas getting moved to the bench. Um, but for like the, this season's purposes, Jonas has been outstanding. I mean, he's ever since that game against the Bucks, that kind of kicked it off. He's just been on an incredible run of, of, of really great form. Um, and like the guys that the Bucks have, the Hensons, the Zellers, the Makers at this point, 
Like, it does feel like this could be a kind of a mismatch because Jonas typically kind of, you know, those typical sort of rim-running centers who don't offer much on the offensive end or more defensive specialists. Like, Jonas kind of bullies those guys. So yeah. I'm expecting a big night from Jonas tonight. Hopefully he can carry it over. He's been just, uh, I, you know, <laughs> the way people talk about Chris Middleton with uh, Among Bucks Twitter... Jonas is probably even an even more extreme example of that because before this year, I mean, it was either you were in or you were out, and it was like war over it, like on Twitter every single night, every single Jonas game, good or bad. Now everyone's just kind of enjoying it. He's shooting threes now, which is super weird, but also incredibly fun. Uh, that's kind of a development that's come around like since that Bucks game. Uh, so this this will be your first intro- introduction to it, or Bucks fans' first introduction to it. It's weird, but it's really fun. Uh, it takes forever to put the shot up, but uh, it's it's damn effective. So. Um, yeah, the Jonas thing should be pretty fun tonight. I, I I forget what the Raptors do. It's been so long since they played. I'm like forgetting things about how they play. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, um, same here. Same here with the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, so a couple more. As is tradition, uh, whenever I have a guest on representing a team, we're talking about a team that drafted ahead of the Raptors in 2017. How is DJ Wilson treating you? And what are your thoughts on OG Ananobi? Oh, <laughs> oh man. And you know, obviously the the Bucks have a special. Uh, tied to the Ananobi pick because that was a part of the illustrious uh, Grievous Vasquez trade from two years ago. It certainly uh, was. Yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, yeah, that draft, I, I mean, oh man. Yeah, the last, oh god. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are venturing into just self-loathing, as I, you know, mispronounce loathing. Um, that just, that encapsulates what it, that offseason was like for the Bucks, besides Greg Monroe, obviously. Um, yeah, DJ Wilson is not really playing for the Bucks, and it's, I mean, it's very much incomplete on that. Uh, in that way, he's played with the Wisconsin Herd, their G League affiliate. He's kind of done pretty well. He's had it's been more inconsistent, obviously, so can't really then you know draw any conclusions from that way. But concerning the last you know Thon's inconsistencies and Rashad Vaughn, you know he's not even with the team anymore. And he's been on his like fourth team in the last week, I think, with uh, with uh, <laughs> Magic right now. Um, so yeah, the last like three draft first round draft picks for the Bucks have uh, been not not good, not good at all, um, in that way. And uh, yeah, just seeing OG and Anobi. I mean, he's another. I I should have probably brought him up for who you know what Raptor watched because he he uh, gave was it the first game? It was definitely the first game I, I believe, at least in Toronto, where he when he was matched up on Giannis, it was really he actually gave Giannis problems, especially I think late. And that's what yeah. kind of drew them into overtime and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just pouring more salt in the wound from that from that uh, great Grievous basket street. Yeah, OG's been struggling lately. Uh, I think Zach actually talked about that in his 10 things today, actually. Just his three-point shot's been kind of wavering a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's still launching them up. But, yeah, th- he has had some defensive games this season. Like, he had a game earlier this season against James Harden where – I think he held him to like 2 of 15 on possessions where he guarded him, and I, I remember that vividly now, the guarding Giannis down the stretch of that game after the Raptors had the lead there, right? And they kind of blew it in the fourth quarter, and then it was kind of a, a slog of a finish, and the Raptors brought it back. But um, yeah, yeah, the OG's had some of those moments against really damn good players this season that are very exciting. So uh, I hope you enjoyed Grievous Vasquez, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those 25 games that he played, yeah. oh my god. I'm yeah. sorry. Hey, you, the, the Brewers got Christian Yelich, so I don't feel that is so true. bad for That you. is very true. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty upset about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> last one for you. What's the best Bucks jersey? 
Because I think the Bucks have like maybe a top three jersey set in the league. Currently, yeah. Or in in his in. I think his... I think currently they've had some very bad ones uh, in the last yes. two decades, but currently <laughs> yeah. they're all right. <laughs> yeah, I I really like I aside from the kind of fear the deer one, because uh yeah I I'm not at too keen on that one, but I would definitely agree. I think it's it's definitely in the upper echelon of jerseys around the league. I don't know. I, I mean. Just, I'm a I'm a youngin, um, so I I kind of grew up in the, the the strange purple and green era that did it you know totally doesn't really fly with any other jersey set that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I already I kind of have a I'm I'm more partial to that, but I would say I really like the current whites, yeah. uh, the green and whites. I think those are really just they're it's not too. It's not like too flashy or anything like that, but it's like just enough to like. It's just a really solid jersey on its own, um, and I kind of like the 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 new city ones with the cream. It looks. It was there was a when they were debuted, they played against the Bulls, mm-hmm. and they they were ba- basically like camouflaged into the court, especially Matthew Delvadova, where it was basically <laughs> like this you know roving <laughs> roving like cream Naked of white man. figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it looked like he was just on this like weird green screen of just like playing uh, basketball. But I, I do like those ones too. But I would I would definitely go with the the home white white one right now, or the association association or whatever it is called right now. Yeah, they're pretty sharp. I don't mind the fear of the deer ones, although I like them less after the All Star game in which Giannis's jersey just looked like the Bucks jersey. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. That trip. That yeah, it was like a practice out. version of, yeah. of that jersey. <laughs> Yeah, that tripped me out a little bit, but I've always I kind of like I like the fear of the deer court that they use too. That's uh, more teams should do the ultimate court thing, I think, and uh, yes. I'm glad the Bucks Especially started the heat that trend. too. Like the heat, like those vice ones are so good, but the, it it doesn't really having that against like the the red and the yellow of their natural court like that. It doesn't really pop in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the Bucks are the reason the Raptors decided to go to the alternate court thing, uh, I thank the Bucks very much for that because uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool. And I'm not sure if they'll be doing the OVO court tonight. They might actually. It's a Friday night, so maybe we'll see that. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Jordan, man, this was really fun. Thank you for taking the time. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, just I, I, you know, follow behind the book pass. That's where I all my Bucks writings go on there. Me and Adam McGee hold down the fort that way. Um, you know, just. And we have a, a podcast of our own. It's called Win and Six. We have, we usually, uh, you know, put out two a week. One focusing on like the buck stuff, and we have tried to follow the herd, but they've kind of, <laughs> with all the you know, kid getting fired and trade deadline, we kind of went away for that for a while. But the, our most recent episode is about talking about the herd and the return of Brandon Jennings, uh, <laughs> who made his debut the other night. Um, so yeah, just you know, follow me over there, and I'm at I'm at Jordan Trusky on Twitter. So follow me that way too if you'd like. Absolutely. Uh, shouts to Bucks Twitter, man. You guys are uh, fun to deal with. You're polite. You don't get too angry. You're just as downtrodden and beaten down as we are. It's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was really enjoyable during the playoffs. That playoff series is so great is that you have this or last year and hopefully this year because I think that would be kind of like this. I, I think it would be fun to see it kind of a rematch again. But it was seeing this like fan base that is you know coming off the high of like their best playoff series or playoff you know postseason experience ever and then the bucks kind of you know we haven't won a playoff series since 2001 and we're just like oh can we do something like we're, <laughs> we're doing something that we you know that you know we lost the rope at the end of it though 
Yeah, uh, it was really fun dealing with you guys. I, I Personally, selfishly, I hope we don't have to come across Giannis again in the playoffs this season. But if it happens, at least it'll be... Uh, it, it won't be the, the hellhole that like dealing with Cavs Twitter is. Because the, <laughs> juxtaposition, the, the juxtaposition between Jordan Tresky and like Justin Rowan is... Uh, is is pretty Justin's a friend of the show you're allowed to laugh it's okay um fellow Canadian lad as well but yeah it it was uh it was pretty stark so uh thanks for coming on everyone thank you so much for tuning in you can find the podcast on iTunes leave a rating leave a review as I've asked you a million times before it takes no time at all and it's very helpful and very good of you to do uh if you are in the Toronto area March 8th I am hosting an NBA trivia night through Hoop Talks, uh, 7 o'clock, the doors at The Pint in Toronto. Uh, it's just right at the base of the CN Tower, essentially, on Front Street. Uh, it's free to come. You've, there's a link in my uh, pinned tweet if you want to come by and sign up a team of three. It's really fun. You can sign up as a free agent as well. I've done these before. They're really always a great time. So The Pint uh, on 277 Front Street West, uh, March 8th, doors at 7. Make sure you go to the link in my pinned tweet to sign up your team for NBA trivia night 3.0. And uh, if you're in the Hamilton, Ontario area tomorrow uh, afternoon at 1 o'clock, the McMaster women's basketball team is playing in the playoffs, the OUA playoffs, and I'm doing PA for that game. So if you want to come by, it's very fun. You can check it out. It should be a pretty good atmosphere in there for the playoffs. So uh, thank you in advance for coming to that. And if not, uh, screw you for not coming. And uh, so uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. I'll be back again next week with a full slate of shows. I only did three this week because it's the All-Star break and everyone needs a break. And also the Olympics are keeping me up to weird hours. Um, And we'll be back again with five episodes next week. Jordan, thanks again for coming on, man, and we will talk to you soon.